Welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy. This is the show for you if you are sick and tired of being held back by fear, self-doubt, social anxiety, shyness, anything that's stopping you from you being you. I'm going to share the most powerful tools and resources that I've been discovering over the last 15 years on my journey to eradicate social anxiety and instill confidence, first in myself and then in every single person that I meet on my journey. You're going to learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold, authentic version of you. Hey, welcome to today's episode of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about your thinking, your mind, and how to take your thoughts less seriously. And uh, this may might make a lot of sense to you immediately as I say it, and it also might raise an eyebrow, like, what is he talking about? Well, you're going to discover that over the course of this episode, and it's going to help you feel a lot more relaxed, centered, and confident. Because we might think that the lack of confidence is coming from a certain circumstance in your life. You know, I, I don't have this amount of money, or I'm not in this relationship, or I don't look like that. Or maybe it's some aspect that you think is about you, right? You know, I'm not something or other enough, smart enough, witty enough, bold enough, something enough. And so then we can look to either lament our life circumstances or the hand we were dealt sort of perceive it as unfair and, and feel helpless or hopeless. Or maybe we get more active and try to change things and fix things. And not that that in itself is a problem, trying to change your circumstances and improve your life or improve yourself. That's not inherently, you know, unhelpful. But it's got a lot of potential pitfalls to it. Because oftentimes the problem is not what we think it is. The problem is not me. I'm not enough. I got to fix myself. The problem is often my perception of myself. Your thinking about yourself is often the problem. And so I want to illustrate that today. We're going to talk about it more and then you can uh, hopefully as you leave this episode feel more free to not necessarily react to all of the thoughts that go through your mind. So Let's break it down. Uh, there are different levels of being in this world, perceiving reality, right? So on one level, there's your senses. Your body is a highly refined instrument that is picking up all kinds of things, right? Touch sensations, light, sound vibrations, other vibrations, other frequencies that we don't necessarily see or hear, but we're, we're receiving them in our body. Um, and all the different senses, all the different ways our body's interacting with, with the world around us, right? So that's one level of processing the world. And that's why you might get a gut feeling about something, or you might be drawn to something and not necessarily know why. Another way to say this is there's a lot going on beneath the level of your mind, your thinking. Now, that might sound kind of obvious when I say that, but we don't operate that way. We sort of behave as if our mind is the king or the queen. It's, that's every, that's what's everything that's going on. Everything else is just in service of that. You know, the mind is what I listen to and the mind is right. And actually, the mind is just one level of perceiving reality. 
there's also an emotional level of perceiving reality. And that's kind of like another sense, like, you know, your senses, your hearing can pick up the sounds of the environment. Your emotions are also interacting with the environment and the world around you and giving you information, right? So if you feel angry, maybe that's showing you there's something that you, you know, want to say no to in your life. If you're feeling scared, maybe there's something that you're perceiving as threatening, right? So there's our emotional level. Then there's a level of our, of our thinking and of our mind and analyzing, perceiving, discerning, deciding good or bad, right or wrong, more, less. How do I look? How do other people think of me? The, the future, how am I going to plan and make sure things go the way that I want? The past, oh, what was wrong with the past? What can I fix? What's, what's not going the right way? All of that is happening at the level of mind. And then there's actually a level above the mind as well. And this might be called, um, you know, super consciousness or infinite intelligence or intuition these are different terms. You know, for, if you're spiritual or religious, you might perceive it as God or divine. But there's something that our mind doesn't perceive that is also influencing us. And that might be invisible to you, but there is a lot there too. So there's more. We could come up with all kinds of different strata, but those are the biggies. And what does this have to do with your thinking? and with uh, how you feel and confidence. Well, if we perceive everything is from the mind and, and my thinking is real and everything I, I experience I have to think about, we actually start to disconnect from reality. And we start to live in our own heads. And if you can relate to this, give me a little nod here, even though I don't see it, right? Do you live in your head? Or do you spend more time in your head than maybe in your life around you? And, and you might notice this. You're, you're out walking and you're thinking about something in the future or the past or this person or that person or does this person like me or is that going to go the way that I want? And you don't even feel the, the breeze on your skin. You don't even hear the crows. Or you don't even feel, if you're driving, you don't even feel the steering wheel on your hands. You don't even eat the, you don't even taste the food that you're maybe eating because we're so in our mind, we're so absorbed. And so we're actually disconnected from reality. Now, that in itself, you know, might be uh, problematic and cause more anxiety, but it gets worse. We actually can be so absorbed in this echo chamber of our mind that we fail to realize that a lot of the stuff that's going on in there is not accurate. It's a lot of meaning. It's a lot of interpretation. It's a lot of, if this happens, then that, and then this happens, then that. So a lot of catastrophizing, a lot of, you know, kind of trying to preserve and protect and move the chessboard pieces around so we get everything that we want and make sure we don't have anything that we don't want. And a lot of that, a lot of those assumptions, a lot of those meanings are not true. They're just guesses. There are a lot of hypotheses and a lot of them, it's like a computer program. It's got a lot of bugs, a lot of errors in it. And I'm not saying our, you know, we're stupid or unintelligent or that we don't see uh, what's going on around us, but I'm just saying that our mind is lightning fast and operates on assumptions, past assumptions. They call them heuristics in psychology, just like quick shortcuts to really minimize the processing time so that we can be highly responsive to the world around us. So let me give you like a really silly basic example that just shows how much our mind is a meaning-making machine and how these meanings might not have anything to do with reality. So this morning, I was walking, and I love to walk or run in the morning, and it's dark right now at this time of year. So I'm walking, it's dark, and I don't see too many people. I walk, kind of walk in these empty streets around my house. But uh, this morning, I happened to see a woman 
coming the other way. And I could tell, I assumed it was a woman. First of all, that's an interesting assumption, right? Just because of the size of the person. And anyway, as I got closer to her, uh, she stopped and moved like way to the other side of the street. Uh, and not just a little bit, like way far away. Now, sometimes, you know, with COVID and everything, people kind of give each other, you know, extra space. But this was like way other side of the street. And what does that mean? Does that mean she doesn't like me? Does that mean she thinks I'm potentially threatening? Does that mean she's really scared of COVID? Maybe thinks I have, I'm walking around with COVID. What does it mean? I don't know. I don't know what it means, but our mind will come up with meanings. There was a time in my life where if that happened, I would have on some level felt hurt. <laughs> it's funny to me now, but that's true. You know, like, oh, she rejected me. She thinks I'm either she thinks I'm a bad guy or or I want I want to be seen like, oh, I'm not threatening. I'm not going to hurt you. Like maybe someone else would dark in the middle of the, you know, I don't know, it's like 530 a.m. or something. But I'm not. I'm a, I'm a good guy or whatever. I don't even know exactly what my thoughts would be, but it, was, it would be some form of micro-rejection, and I would react to that. It would mean something bad about me. Now, that example, you might roll your eyes at and say, oh my gosh, how sensitive you were back then. Well, how about this? Have you ever walked down the street and said hi to someone and made eye contact with them? Have you ever done the friendly greetings that I talk about a lot on this show? Friendly greetings where you walk down a city street. Yes, you can still do this with COVID, with a mask on, and just say hi to people. And do they look away? What does that feel like? Do you feel rejected? And the reason I love this exercise and I have people do it all the time is because it shows you the meanings that your mind comes up with with the most minute rejection. And the default story is there's something wrong with me. There's something not good about me. I'm less than. They don't like me. And that means something bad about me. And we're off to the races. And that echo chamber just goes and goes and goes, but none of it is even based in reality. Does this make sense to you? And we could take this into more uh, you know, personal or tender arenas like relationships, dating, the workplace, not just a stranger on the street. You know, What does it mean that so-and-so got this position? What does it mean that someone interrupted me when I was talking? What does it mean that person didn't text me back or message me back within a day? And the simple answer is, hmm, I don't know yet. Especially in those ambiguous things. I don't know yet. It could mean a lot of things. But our mind goes straight to what it means and what it concludes about us. And so what we need to do is we need to change the way that we relate to our thinking. And uh, I love in a practice called acceptance and commitment therapy, which I learned a lot about uh, in my clinical training, they call it having a thought versus buying a thought. So the idea is that your mind is going to generate all kinds of thoughts. That's what it does. Just like your heart pumps blood, your mind thinks about stuff. And so instead of trying to stop that, like, don't think, don't think, yeah, how well does that work, right? Instead, uh, okay, just because I have thoughts don't mean, doesn't mean they're true. And this might seem like a, a simple distinction or something, but just really sit with that for a minute. Because I heard this a long time ago, and I didn't, you know, it just kind of in one ear and out the other, kind of bounces off, right? But if you really slow down, what does that, what does that open up? Now, at first, it can be a little disorienting because you're like, but wait a minute. 
my thoughts. That's all I am. That's all I am, man. <laughs> That's all I got. And the, the reason I started this episode with like these levels of reality, you know, your physical body, your senses, your emotion, your mind, soul or spirit is to remind you that you are so much more than your mind. You're so much more. And, you know, I, I've done a lot in the, the number of years to to increase my capacities in these other areas because I was very mind driven, still can be super heady, get into my head to get out of feeling. And so I've intentionally sought out practices that help me connect more with my body, feel more, and then also practices that help me connect more with spirit, something bigger than me, right? So kind of expanding both of those other areas so that I'm not just in my head all the time. And at first it can be a little disorienting because then it's like, wait a minute, if not all the thoughts are true, which ones are and which ones aren't? <laughs> Interesting one, huh? And, you know, there can be this, if you ever study meditation, uh, you know, there can be this, I think, sort of simplistic approach from some meditation teachers, which is kind of like, well, all thoughts is just kind of a noise, a bunch of noise. I'm like, well, you know, we do need to use our thinking and discern. And um, so I don't want to throw out everything. And at the same time, it's very, very, very easy to get hooked into just a stream of nonsense and reactivity. So here's what I do. I pay a lot more attention now to my energy state. Let me explain what that means. And this does relate to the thinking here. So in order to, instead of like going into my mind and being like, was that thought true? And was that thought true? And I don't know about that one. That's what cognitive therapy loves to do is like analyze the thoughts and challenge them and change them and all that stuff. And to me, it's like, dude, that's like trying to, thoughts are like a waterfall, you know, <laughs> especially when they're negative or intense or anxious or something. And you're trying to like set up these little, you know, change one segment of the river going one way to another way. And I'm like, that's hard to do. It's just a lot. So... What, what can we do with that? And one thing I do is I pay a lot of attention to my energy state. Let me share what that means. So I notice in this moment, how energized am I? And energy can mean a couple of things. You could be in an energized state, like you feel physically energized, resourced. Can you move? Can you, uh, are you up and active feeling or are you lethargic, tired? Because if I'm lower in energy in that way, you know, how do you feel when you're tired or hungry? You know, you have lower resources. Uh, another way I might look at energy is my emotional state. And, you know, we can be in an energized state that might be optimistic, grateful, connected, or we might be anxious or uh, negative or critical. And so... I tune in and I ask myself, how energized am I right now? And, and if I'm in a lower energy state, I tend to assume that the vast majority of the thoughts I'm having are bullshit at that stage. And uh, this, is a, this has been a very helpful guide for me because sometimes you're feeling real low and you're like, okay, oh man, and this is going to go wrong and that's not going to work and this person's frustrating and that's a problem and here's why I've always had this problem and it's never going to get better. And you can get really hooked and it's so damn convincing. And I find if I go in there, be like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. 
Now, some of these thoughts are true and some of them are not. So I'm going to simply go into this river and determine which... And I'm thrown over the waterfall, churning around, you know? It's a, it's a wreck. So what I find is to just name it. Say, okay, I'm in a low energy state right now. I'm having low thoughts, anxious thoughts. <sighs> now is not the time to figure anything out with my mind. You know, because your mind is a tool. Your mind is a tool. It's an extremely powerful tool. I, I mean, I love my intellect and my mind. But the question is, are you using it or is it using you? Another way I like to say that question, which is really uh, illuminating, is you can ask yourself this question. Am I using my mind in the service of something meaningful? And you can define how meaningful is. What's meaningful to you? I don't know, meaningful work, contribution, doing your job, providing for your family, or meaningful might be building relationships, creating connections, or meaningful could be what you enjoy, what you love. Am I focused on a hobby or a passion or an interest? You know, am I using my mind in the service of something meaningful? Or is my mind using me? in a way that doesn't serve me or others? Or is my mind using me in a way that doesn't serve me or others? And this is a great question to ask yourself. Now I find that the mind for me, and you might relate to this, can be, uh, you know, tricky in that it might start that I'm using my mind in the service of something meaningful. And it can get a momentum to it. I see this in myself with, I have like a passion for learning and I love that about me. And you probably have that in yourself too, right? Otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You probably listen to other podcasts. You probably read books. You know, you're, you love to learn. I think that's beautiful. Being a lifelong learner is one of the most valuable skills, I believe, if you apply what you learn. If it's very passive, then you, then it's more like a smart person's entertainment. But if you, if you act on what you learn, then it's truly transformative. So I can get interested in something and start to learn it. And it's great. And then <laughs> my learning can turn into growing strength, you know, passion, interest, fascination, still good. And then it can become kind of obsessive where I'm listening to something all the time or reading all these books about it. And, and I, I know for me that the tipping point is when I stop having space in my life. So I'm, I'm doing something, right? I'm, I'm working, I'm exercising, I'm being with family, I'm whatever. And then in the in-between, in the little gaps, boom, got headphones in listening to something. Boom, got headphones listening, like nonstop. Now I'm a fan of listening to something for a bit of time each day or something like that. But I mean, every moment filled with uh, input. And for me, that's I, that's one of the guardrails I have to set up with myself. And if I veer off of those and I go extend that, then usually I'll get some sort of feedback. I'll start to feel more stressed, more uh, tense in my body. I might get physical pain. That's one that comes up for me when I'm overextending. And so I'm like, ah, okay, let's get this back into balance. And that's relevant because if you're constantly feeding your mind and there's no space and you take all of these thoughts seriously and you don't check your energy state and you're just like, yeah, what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this person's a jerk. They're a jerk. Or I'm thinking terrible things are going to happen. Terrible things are probably going to happen. You know, we're just in it and we are buffeted around 
and it is overwhelming. It is, it is demoralizing and it destroys our confidence because you could have a thought one day that says you're a loser and you're ugly. And you're like, damn, all right, well, shit, I guess my day's going to suck. Right? And then the thought's like, yeah, your day's going to suck. Well, okay, I guess it is. Dang. You can't speak about a meeting. You have nothing to say. Well, I'm, I guess I have nothing to say. You know, we just buy them. And then we're led around by the nose, by, these, by this thinker inside of us that is not really a rational, like per, the person that you'd want to kind of hitch your boat to. Like, you know, yes, fearless leader, I'll follow you everywhere. You know, we're going left. Okay, we're going left. We're going right. Okay, we're going right. Now we're going backwards, whatever, whatever you say. You know, it's like sort of all over the place. In Buddhism, they call it monkey mind for a good reason. So what what can we do with this? Well, I think just this awareness can be very helpful for you. I'm also going to share a, a practical uh, a meditation, I would call it, but it, it's something you can do very, I do it actively. I don't necessarily have to sit and meditate to do this. I'll do this while I'm walking. I'll do this while I'm, you know, bring, you know, something else. So you can call it maybe sort of um, an informal practice of mindfulness. But uh, because it's an action, and we want to take actions from these episodes, uh, let me share about how to do that in our action step. Time for action. 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 Your action step today is going to be to use this little mindfulness exercise. And it's called noting. 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 Where you simply have a, maybe a handful of categories. Eh, three to five is great. And then you just note whatever your awareness goes to. So the categories typically are think or thinking, feel or feeling, uh, sensation or body, something like that, uh, as well as some of your senses. I really like sound, but you might use um, sight or something like that. So what you do, and you could do it right now as you're listening, you bring, you see where your awareness naturally goes. And for a lot of us, it might be thinking. So you notice just in this moment. Now, right now, it might be listening or hearing or sound because you're, you're hearing me talk. But I'll pause for just a moment and we'll do it together. And you're just going to notice wherever your uh, focus goes, your awareness goes, you're just going to note that. So if you notice that you're in your thinking and you're aware of thoughts, and this could be verbal thoughts or images in your mind, whatever, you just note it. And in your mind, you, you say, thinking. Or, ah, thinking. That's it. And you breathe. And it's helpful to then expand. I'll, I'll kind of expand my awareness to see what's that, what else? It's almost like what else is here? Like there's all these other things happening, right? At the level of body and mind and spirit and everything. So, you know, I don't need to stop thinking, but I, I don't need to get super tunnel vision on it either. So then... I often will note thinking or feelings. Maybe you kind of get pulled to whatever's strongest. So if your mind is really strong, you get pulled to your mind. If you're feeling something intense, usually unpleasant, you'll get pulled into your feelings. And you just note that, like, ah, feeling. And then you can come back to a sensation in your breath or your body. You know, if you're moving, you can feel the movement of your body. If you're sitting, you could just feel your breath. And just note that as sensation, right? Any sort of body sense, you can call body or sensation. And then I'm a huge fan of sound. So I'll often use sound as a, as a way to expand my awareness. So I'll, maybe I'll note, I was just doing this this morning when I was walking after that woman harshly rejected me on the street. It was terrible. I'm torn up about it. 
anyway, I was, I was walking and I was noticing, uh, I wasn't listening to anything because I noticed that I, I got a little bit overheated on my consumption of information recently. So I was like, I need just to do like be walk, be in silence for a little while. So, you know, didn't have a phone and no headphones. <gasps> what do you do? What do you do without that thing? And I'm just walking and I noticed uh, at times I would get kind of really into a thought stream. And sometimes they're interesting, creative thoughts. And sometimes they're kind of just like, just all over the place. And I was like, hmm, let me do this little meditation. So I start walking and I note, ah, thinking. And then I would breathe and feel my body. And then I would turn my awareness or expand my awareness rather to what was going on around me. And this is a really interesting practice. You can do this right now. Like, can you sense the room around you? Or if you're in a vehicle, like the car around you? Just sense it like your your peripheral vision. You can see more out of the edges of your eyes. You know how you have a body sense? Like you kind of know where your hands are and where your feet are. Just tune into that. How Even if you were to close your eyes for a second, if you can, go ahead and close your eyes. Do you, can you sense how you, you know where your hands are? Even without like having to rub them together? So what's cool is that that it's called proprioception, knowing where your body is in space, but that doesn't stop with your body. This is where it gets really interesting. So you can do this with your eyes closed or your eyes open. You can expand your sense of whatever that is, your body, out beyond your skin. So just let your awareness expand bigger into the room that you're in, becoming aware of the empty space around you. And then also, I love hearing for this. So listen to the sounds. Let the sounds come to your ears. Of course, there's a sound of my voice, but in between, there'll be these silences. And what sounds emerge then? Maybe distant sounds, sound of voices or vehicles. There's a a hard, I think it's a hard drive running. That's what I'm hearing right now in my office. I have some speakers that are on. There's a little hiss coming from those. And what I love to do is I love to focus on that sound. And then as I breathe in, I really feel the space around me. And it's almost like I'm breathing in that sound with my whole body. Like my whole body is receptive to it. And, and truly it is. Like, you know, the, what makes sound is vibrations in the, in the uh, molecules of the air. And then, the, of course, the, those hit your ears and your brain translates those into a certain sound. But those vibrations are hitting your whole body. So let your awareness sense that. Pretty cool, huh? This is what it's like to become more aware and to expand your awareness beyond just thinking. So play with that. Experiment with that. That's your action step. You know, maybe find some time to to not have a phone, not be listening to something, not be talking to somebody, not be watching something. And just be. And now normally just being can be unpleasant. Of course, like, oh, God, that's me in my mind. Don't leave me with him or her. It's brutal. (laughs) So this is a way to be with other aspects of you, which are way bigger and beyond the mind. So thanks for being with me today, for your presence, for your attention. I love and appreciate you. Until we speak again, may have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're awesome.
Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.